Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview for the Fight Site. Uh, today, we have the absolute pleasure of being able to talk to uh, a legend and a pioneer in the sport, Pedro Hizo. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Always nice to talk. Awesome. Uh, before we begin, please, everyone, make sure that you go check out thefightsite.com. You're going to be just treated to a plethora of amazing articles and analysis and breakdowns. You will not be able to stop reading from all across combat sports, MMA, kickboxing, judo, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, anything you can want. Uh, make sure you check us out on Patreon, support us directly, get access to the Discord server, uh, ask questions to the podcast crew, tons of other content that you wouldn't be able to get just from the regular fight site. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, follow us on Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify, I think. Uh, leave us a rating, it really does help. And with all of that out of the way, Let's begin the interview. Pedro, uh, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully everything is good. Uh, I like to usually start these interviews by uh, just asking about your journey into mixed martial arts. I know that you started doing judo uh, really early on, and then you transitioned to uh, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing. Tell us about your journey, I guess, starting and how you got to where you are, uh, where you were in MMA. Yeah, before then kickboxing, I went, I went to Capoeira. Mm -hmm. I was uh, the, 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 the first martial arts that I, I, I give class, I became mm -hmm. a teacher was Capoeira. And I love that sport, man. I love that sport. <laughs> till today, I still sometimes I, I, practice, I practice Capoeira. It's very nice. And uh, then I, I, I met Marco. When I was, when I was uh, tw uh, 13 years old, I met Marco Ruas. And uh, that time, uh, I wanted to learn Muay Thai with him. Marco, since uh, we're talking about uh, 1988, 1988, 1989. And since that time, Marco, who was uh, normally his class, he would, would take like two hours. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but he used to give you like uh, one hour and a half Muay Thai. And the last half an hour, he used to teach us how to fight on the ground, submission, grappling. And it was was strange because hey, I came here to to learn Muay Thai and you're teaching me on the ground. Since that time, we're talking about 1988. First UFC was 1993, and he, that time he used to say, hey, this this martial this this kind of this style is gonna be the fight of the future. When you're a fighter, you have to be complete. So if somebody takes you to the ground, you have to know how to fight to the ground, and uh, if you. So if, if somebody's better than you, stand up. You have to take him to the ground. Right. So since that time, I don't. Marco he came from Valley all the time. He at that time he used to to train a lot on the ground because he wanted to fight against the Graces. He was he was the biggest opponent of Graces at that time, and uh, Marco wanted to learn his art, their the arts, their art like jiu-jitsu, their jiu-jitsu, to to know how to defend himself on the ground, and. Uh, so when I met Marco and uh, we started training, and I uh, said, hey man, I love this, man. I, I, want, uh, I want to be a professional fighter. But that time, we had not too many events. That time, my dream was to become a black belt and to have a big gym with a lot of students. And I want to be like, a, uh, be respected in the middle of the black, black belts. That's what I wanted. I couldn't imagine that I, we could make, make money with fights or we could leave like a, a professional fighter. So then 1993, started in the UFC. Uh, the Graces took the, the Valetudo to, to America and then started UFC and then, then everything starts. We saw Royce Gracie that time we win three, three boats the same night and earned $50,000 for us. It was a lot of money. And uh, we used to fight, a Valetudo. Marco used to fight Valetudo to earn like a, $3,000. So $50,000, <laughs> three fights in the same night, no problem, we could fight for that. So, and then Marco started dreaming to, to fight in UFC, but that time he was the biggest opponent of the Graces. So he said, hey, I'm never going to fight there because they're never going to let me fight in there. That, that, that show was Hoist's show. Yeah. So, and then uh, after UFC 3, uh, Hogan Graces sold the uh, I, I don't know what the, no, after UFC 5, I think uh, 
Hardwell sold the, the, the UFC <laughs> to to SCG to Bob Magovitz. Right. Yeah, and then uh, and then somebody called Marco and said, "Hey, do you want to fight in UFC?" Was uh, 1995, and Mark said, "Of course." We never could imagine it to 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 fight and earn like fifty thousand bucks. You know, it was it was mm -hmm. a lot for us because our dream was become a black belt. We never could imagine that we could, we could become a professional fighter. It was too far for us. Everybody thought, you know, I used to to to, to speak to talk with people like, hey, this is not violence. This is sport. We used to fight valetudo, no gloves, anything goes, no time limit. Everybody, hey, you guys are crazy. Say no, this is sports. We love to do this, and nobody could understand why we used to to fight in that way. And uh, but to us, we love that. We train a lot. You know that time I remember Marco, Marco and I, 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 I became better and better. So, so then we become a partner in training, and uh, we used to train a lot, very hard. And everybody saw saw us running on the beach and training every day, boxing, doing everything. And every time come to us, hey. Why are you guys training so much? And they used to say, are you guys going to fight soon? No, we have no fights coming up. <laughs> and people say, are you crazy? We love to do that, man. We want to be ready, you know. We love to fight. You know? So we started, you know, like we, we always say, money never was the, the, the focus, never was the, 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 the main thing. We used to, we wanted to be, a, a respect, uh, be respected by everybody. That's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Marco fought in UFC 1995, and then everything started. So then he moved to United States in 1996, and then I I, I, I stayed here in Brazil. And uh, since that time, I, I, then I, I made my, my value to the fights in 1996. I fought two tournaments, a third tournament, I won both. And then, uh, and then Marco was teaching in Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, there was one student was uh, John Perretto. John Perretto was the matchmaker of UFC that time. He was the, the, the matchmaker. And then Perretto said, uh, there will be a fight, there, there will be a UFC in Brazil. And uh, asked Marco, do you want to fight? And Marco said, hey, maybe, maybe I'm not going to fight, but I have a student he can fight. And then John said, who? Uh, Pedro Hido, he's a very to the fighter. He wants to torment. And then he saw my tape, said, hey, okay, he's a striker. Let's put him to fight against Tank Abbott. <laughs> Would be a great fight. Both stand up, going to be a, a war. And then I, I remember that that time I was living in Holland, you know, because I, my, my dream was to fight in K1. That time I was a kickboxer. Mm -hmm. So I was in Holland, I became a European champion, kickboxing. I was living there in Holland for two years. And then Marco called me and said, hey, the, the UFC matchmaker is training for me. There will be a UFC in Brazil in October 98. Do you want to fight? And uh, I had fight coming up in, uh, in kickboxing. I, I, I had to fight. I had to fight in uh, October, no, October 1996. And then uh, November 1996, there would be a, a tournament, a value tournament. And then I start, then I become like, uh, hey, should I fight kickboxing or should I fight MMA or Valitude at that time? Mm -hmm. And uh, Marco called me and said, hey, you have a chance to fight in UFC. And I was thinking, hey, my dream is, is to, to be a K1 fighter, you know, a kickboxer. And uh, then uh, I decided, I think and thinking and said, hey, my, 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 my teacher, he's a he's a value to the fight. He's a MMA fighter. I will follow my dream. I, I, I will I will go to live with him in, in LA. So I moved from Holland to to LA. I went to live with Marco, and then I started training a lot. I was in I, I, I went to live with Marco in 1997. In 1998, the matchmaker called me to fight against Tank in October in Brazil, and then uh, the UFC adventure started. <laughs> that's that's an awesome story. Um, well, speaking of your your time in the UFC, uh, you know, for for newer fans, they may not realize just how many legends of the sport you fought and many of them you beat. 
I mean, Mark Coleman obviously is one. People should know that name. Kevin Randleman, rest in peace. Dan Severn, Josh Barnett, Couture, Olofsky, like the list goes on and on. Uh, and I wanted to actually, uh, I, I went obviously and I, I, I wanted to rewatch some of your fights and, you know, just talk about what you were doing in those fights. And because everyone who knows you now knows you more as a coach for Nova Uniao and the guys you've worked with there. And there were some things that I wanted to actually specifically ask you about in your style and how you developed them, uh, particularly in the Barnett fight I, I i wanted to to ask you like part of the game plan i'm i'm assuming was the um, that he would try and you know pressure you and try to get you into the clinch and take you down uh but you whenever he would try and enter into close range you had like these hair trigger counters in really close range uh is that something you just was that something you guys watched in the tape with him and you saw these are the types of things we can do when he tries to close the distance? Or was it something you noticed in the fight? Uh, how did you work that into the game plan? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit before Barney's sure. fight. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I just had fought with uh, Dan Severn before mm -hmm. Barney. And uh, I had it uh, done. And... Uh, they, the UFC said to me, you're going to fight. Then, after that, I was the, the, my last fight by SCG. Then Zufa show up. Right. And wanted to buy, wanted to buy the UFC. And then Zufa wanted to make my fight against Randy Couture on February. And then Randy asking more time to, to, to be ready to fight against me. And then Zufa, uh, Zufa called Marco and said, hey, they called, they called, they called me and said, hey, uh, Couture doesn't want to fight in February. You want to fight in May with him? I said, okay, of course. I want to fight for the title. I want to, I want to be a free champion. And then they said, but if you want to be active, we can arrange a fight before then Couture. If you want to fight with somebody else, I said, okay, be good. I want to, I want to, be, I want to keep fighting. I don't want to be here waiting for Couture. So I, I fought with Fidano uh, in September. I would fight with him just in May. Now, in the new days, fight twice a year. <laughs> in my time, we used to fight three, four times a year. So for, for me, I was really, I'm in September. So November, December, January, February, I, uh, March, April. So seven months is too long, too far. Now it's normal. <laughs> and then I said, no, I want to fight before. And then they called me and said, hey, you want to fight with Randy Couture? He just had beat. Just had beat uh, Dan Severn. He submitted Dan Severn. I saw him fight. He said, hey, he's a pretty tough guy. And then I was talking to Marco. I said, Marco, they offered me to fight with, uh, with uh, Josh Barnett. He's this guy here. He's a pretty tough guy. He can take a lot. He's very good on the ground. He's big. He's bigger than me. His ground is good. And Marco was funny because Marco looked at me and said, hey, do you want to be a world champion? I said, yeah, I want to be a world champion. Of course. So you have to beat all the world, man. doesn't matter who is in the other side of the cage. You want to fight? Say, of course I want to fight. So let's fight. Why? What kind of talk will come, come to talk to me, man? Let's fight. Say, okay, let's fight. So then I fought to Josh. Normally, nobody would take the risk. Everybody would wait for the, the title fight. Of course. But uh, I learned from the Marco. I, I learned Marco teach me this since the beginning. If you want to be the best in the world, you have to beat all the world. You, you know, I, I tell everybody, I never choose a fight in my life. Many people say, hey, Pedro, you know, sometimes you were stupid. You fought to, man, I don't care who I would fight. I'm a professional fighter. This is my job. This is my profession. If somebody calls me to fight, I have to, I have to be ready. This is the, what, I, what I do to make money. This is my, my, this is my job. And then they call me to fight with Josh. I knew it would be a very tough fight. I, uh, but uh, I said, hey, if I beat him, I'll be in shape and I'll be with a rhythm to fight with Couture. And then we fought in February. It was, uh, I knew Josh would come to take me down. I, at that time, I, I, I just came back from home. I, was, I, I went to training home like uh, three or four months before. So I was, I was pretty in good shape, stand up. My, my striking my striking was was in shape 
And then I, I was thinking, hey, this guy gonna come to take me down. He's a wrestler and he's, he's good on the ground. But you know, I, I felt confused because he came to exchange blows with me. And then I heard this, this story that he trained a lot with a lot of K1 fighters in America. He trained with a good striker, so that's why he was so comfortable uh, exchange striking with me, exchange blows with me. But uh, the fight I was thinking I'm gonna give, he's big, so I said I'm gonna, I, I would start to, to pressure him, don't let him pressure me. And uh, I would try to keep distance. I was thinking I'm going to kick his legs a little bit. But the first or second kick I gave, he blocked my low kick. I said, okay, he knows about my low kick. So let's go to boxing. No, let's boxing. So then we started exchanging blows. And then he, he he touched me sometimes, but I didn't feel his power. I didn't feel that he had a, a power enough to knock me out. So then I felt more, more comfortable. But uh, Josh was very intense. He, he comes all the time. He never stops. So then I, uh, I decide to wait for him. So I'm not going to go uh, 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 behind him. I'm going to let him come yeah, and exchange blows when he comes. This is the way to fight with him. He comes too much. Josh is the type of guy. He punch you. He grab you. He take you to the ground. He is very active. He never stops. And... Uh, so I, started, so I said, okay, I, I'm going to stay in my, my position. As soon as he gets in my reach, I'm gonna, I want to touch him before, I, before they're him. And that, that's what I did all the fight. That time he got the, 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 the gistas, I started to punch him. Sometimes he comes before than me. Sometimes I, I went before than him. So which exchange balls, but I was watching all the fight. I saw his big. And every time I was thinking, I, I was trying to give it an overhand that, that I touched him at the end of the fight. I did an overhand of the right, and I felt he was uh, like kind of a knockdown. And then I, I give the, the, the last straight right. Knocking out was uh, man was amazing. Was a, a tough fight. Josh is a he's a very tough fighter, man. I Hell respect yeah. him a lot. He's one of the best for me, Josh. Josh is one of the best all times. He's, he, he fought with everybody, too. He beat so many good fighters, man. He's unbelievable. And I respect him a lot. When I, bet, I, when I beat him, and it was in front of all Zufa, it was the first Zufa shows. It was very good because Dana and Lorenzo and Frank Ferchita, they went to my dressing room and talking a lot of good things that would happen in the future. So then I, I felt very motivated that night. That's that's awesome, and that it was. It's kind of cool to hear. That's exactly what I was curious about, like how you kind of like got to that point of like this is the this is the adjustment you made to to beat him essentially. And we saw that the adjustments that you made in fight were really important and worked because you eventually knocked him out. Also, that straight right hand was just yeah. <laughs> that finishing blow was a little was was just perfect. Um, Picture perfect, I think it would be the word to use. Um, also, something that that should be noted that I think it's important that you know you respect him a lot as a fighter, but he's also um, he coaches also. He's 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 a phenomenal coach as well. Runs his gym out in California. We spoke to one of his fighters not long ago, so um, definitely, if I ever speak with him, I'll definitely pass along the. I'm sure he knows you respect him anyway. But um, speaking of uh, of the Randy Couture fight, and this is something that. I'm really curious about because it's going to kind of lead into a question about your coaching. Um, one of the things that I really noticed that you did in that fight when defending takedowns um, is something that it wasn't just a traditional sprawl. You weren't just sprawling. You also pivoted to avoid the takedowns in the first place before it even got to the sprawl. And that's something that one of your fighters, Jose Aldo, and the Novo and Yao guys in general are incredibly well known for is their takedown defense. And we see that that's one of the reasons why they're so successful as takedown defense artists. Um, you were ahead of the curve in that sense. And I wanted to know how was, where did you, what, what did that come from and how did that develop in your game? And moving from a fighter to a coach, when you imparted those skills uh, what developments did you make to, to, I guess, improve upon things that you looked back and said, okay, here's where we could have done better? Uh, I think uh, because in, 
many people doesn't know that they used to turn a lot of wrestling too. Mm-hmm. Mark, Marco, Marco is tired. Oh, hold on. No problem. Have, hold on, because ten percent I'm gonna have. Let me get the cable. Just a second. No problem. I'm gonna get the cable because of the are gonna. No problem. No problem. I might also have to briefly interrupt if my wife needs help getting the kids from the car. <laughs> so if that happens, I'll let you know it's happening, and I'll 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 hold. I'll, we'll, we'll we'll you know we'll even it out. I'm so sorry. No, okay. So uh, we used to train a lot of, you know, since Marco, Marco always uh, tell us to train everything. My best friend that time was Antoine Jaudi, was from a Brazilian Olympic team. Mm-hmm. He used to train in Russia with men. He went to, to, to Russia to train in wrestling there. He went to, to Colorado, Colorado Springs to train with uh, USA, uh, USA, USA team. So he's a pretty good wrestler. And he's from Liban. He's half Arabian, half mm-hmm. Brazilian. So he, he teach me a lot of wrestling. So I knew, and uh, he used to train for me a lot. And then I start, we started training a lot. When, oh, we're going to fight Couture. And he said, hey, Couture, he used to be a Greco-Roman fighter. He's not a top of fight. They come from your legs. So it's proud. We want, of course, we work if he comes in our legs. But you have to learn how to defend your body. Because he's a Greco-Roman fighter. He's gonna uh, Antoine used to say to me, he's going to come to your body, then he's going to go to your legs. Like a normal wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then we start training a lot of palm. We train a lot of palm. We train a lot. So, man, I trained so much wrestling to fight with Randy. So, but uh, in the first round, I was really frustrated because I said, hey, this guy's not going to take me down. In the first round, I wasn't. I wasn't bothered. He was killing me on the first, <laughs> the first round. The the judge, the big John, almost stopped the fight because I took a a, a big punishment in the first round. Mm-hmm. And uh, and since that time, I started training with Antoine. That's why that's why my wrestling always was good level. I I don't have the same level as Randy. But I could defend it. The first, the first thing you learn in wrestling, how to defend. Like right. on the ground. First thing you learn how to defend, then you learn how to, fin- how to submit people. Same in wrestling. First you, have, you learn how to defend, then you learn how to take people down. So my, 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 my defense always was good. I want to keep the fight stand up. I didn't want to take him down. So I said, hey, if the fight will be in my in my my game, I can beat him. But it was really frustrating. In the first round, he could take me take me to the ground in the end of the first round, and he gave me a big punishment. And then the second round, I was the John came to the to corner. Big John came to the corner, said, "Are you okay? I want to continue." I said, "Of course, I want to go." And I look at John, said, "Hey, John, don't stop the fight because of the coach, because of the 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 the, the bird." Then he looked at me and said, hey, I, I cut easy, I told him. I, it's true, I really cut easy. I cut easy, don't solve it. I said, please, don't solve the fight because of the, because of the bird. Let the fight go. And then John said, okay, keep fighting, man. Protect yourself and keep fighting. I said, okay. And then the second round, I could, I, what the, I think was the best round of me. I really, everything, everything he beat me in the first round, I give him the payback in the second round. What the payback? <laughs> so I really punched him the second round. And I remember I was in my corner the second to third round. And and Randy was sitting on the bank in the bench. And uh, Dan, Dan Henderson was his corner at that time. And and I saw Randy saying like this. And I saw what because of Dan Henderson. He wasn't fighting anymore because I really beat him in the second round because of Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson put him in the, in the cage again. 
I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear his talk, them talking. But I saw that Randall doesn't want to fight anymore. But uh, Dan Henderson made him fight. So it was good for him. It was a great fight for us. So the third round was, I don't know, many people say it was Randy fight, it was Randy corner, Randy round. I, I saw the fight many times. The third round could be a draw. He took me down in the middle of the round. The, the first part of the round, I, I beat him, stand up. But I was tired, maybe the first part of the round. I, I wasn't so inactive. He took me down. Maybe the third round was for him. I don't know. But I'm sure fourth round and fifth round was mine. No doubt about it. I really beat him in the fourth and fifth round. So I won second, fourth, and fifth. I'm sure I won the fight that night. I don't know if I'm better fighter than Randy, but that night I was better than him. So, I, but, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I agree. Um, I watched the fight, and um, especially if you go according to the rules of modern MMA, you you did more damage, and that's what wins the fight. He that's won it. in the first round. You won the second round. I was closer to, to finish the fight than him. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, I would have definitely scored that fight for you. I mean, I'm not a judge, and I can't go back in time, but it would be yeah. cool if I could. Um, so uh, I want to now ask about uh, how MMA camps differ because you both as a fighter and as a coach, uh, you get to, you get to, you've had the experience of doing both. And from back then to modern MMA as a coach, what would you say are some, you know, major differences um, and maybe some similarities uh, between MMA camps back then and to now? And what do you think was better back then, if anything? What do you think was better now? What are your thoughts? I think before was much better. They okay. are not same as us. All <laughs> the fighters, they are not same as us. We, we, started, we started doing this because, like I told you, never was because of the money. Never. Never, never. We couldn't imagine that we could make money with this. We could imagine that we would make money teaching in the gym. <laughs> we wanted to become... Uh, wanted to become a a, 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 a teacher, a, pro, a, a coach. Wanted to become a coach. That's all we wanted. So, but you know, I saw today so many, so many formation. We have internet. We have all kind of uh, all the kind of uh, social social net. They start they started seeing training there, training the so. All the fight they came, hey, I saw somebody do this, do that. Hey, man, shut up. Or you believe what I'm saying to you, or better you train with somebody else. <clears throat> Go there. I hate fight. All the new fighters, they, they get in the gym, they get in the camp and say, hey, I think we could, hey, I think you, 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 sh you should just shut up. Here you're, you're, here you're a student. What you know the the best thing I had in my life was when I was a student. I stepped in the, in the mat, Marco Hugo, Marco Hus was there. I put my glove and said, Hey, what's gonna be today? I don't have to think about training. I'm a fighter. I, I'm gonna do whatever he said to, to me to do, you know. So the new the new generation, they are different than us because they fight they they, they start fighting because of the money. Not because of the money, but they know they can make money. Right. So, and I, I talk like as a coach, when I talk with all them, the first, the first, you know, my, my first words always like this. You are here to be one more or you are here to make history. This is the difference between a fighter. If you're here to be one more MMA fighter, there are a million MMA fighters. You can be somebody else, one more. Or you can make you make your mark in this sport. That's what I say to everybody. What's the difference? I say, hey man, we live today like 80 years. One normal human being lives 80 years. I tell to them, take 20 years of your life just to train, forget about them. I never drink, I never used drugs in my life. I never went too much on, uh, to, party, to party. All 
all, all my fathers used to say, what kind of life you have? Man, I pray every day, man. And I love the way I, I, I live it. I wish I could have 30 years younger and start over everything again. That's what I wanted. I love it. I love it to be out there. The, the, my life, you know, for me was the best life I could have. So I never wanted, man, I just wanted to train. And uh, I didn't want to do anything more, man. I want to be a champion. That's what I want to be. This is the this is the way to become a champion. You you to you to become uh, for you to be the number one in the world. You have to be special. Can't be one more. You just can't be one more. I and so when they start fighting, like uh, when Howdy Howdy debuts, Howdy Barcelos is my my fighter. Mm -hmm. Howdy Barcelos debut in UFC. He was fighting for pretty pretty good fighter. He fought two, round, two rounds. He won both rounds. The third round, the guy, the, the, one of the second, gave me the case, saying, hey, Howie, you already won two rounds. Now we just have to, to hold a little bit. We won the fight. I look at him and say, won the fight. No, man. Take the risk. Knock this guy out, man. Champions take the risk. Otherwise, it's gonna be one more. You have to make something different. You have to take the risk. If you're winning the fight, keep winning, and finish the fight. I tell to my fighters, I, we have like a 20 fighters, 20 finished now. I tell to all of them, if you win, if you win the fight on points, I, I don't celebrate. I just celebrate if you win by knockout or submission. That, otherwise, it's one more day, one more training. This is the way to make a difference. Martial arts. Martial arts used to be uh, uh, war, war art. People learned to be to go to the war. So when you're in the war, you're not gonna make somebody. You're not gonna submit somebody. You're gonna break his arm, or put him to sleep, or knock him out. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be in war by points. So the original. Martial arts, it's a it's a it's an art of war, all right. Mm -hmm. So when become a sport, people put points. But this is the difference. People start fighting for points. This is not martial arts. Man. You have to fight to finish the fight. This is martial arts. You have to finish your opponent, or knock him out, or submit him. Sport is alright because he doesn't die. This is sport. He doesn't die. He tap out, or he's gonna be knocked out, and then the doctor come and he gonna wake up. This is sport. And many people talking to me say, "Hey, so but this kind of this is not sport. This is exclusive." Say, no, it's not exclusive. That's why this amateur and professional amateur fight for points, professional. Fight for finish the fight. So, like a coach, all training, I tell to my fighters, man, that's that's gonna that's gonna make history. Knock people out doesn't matter if you win the fight. If you're losing the fight, 13 minutes, just two minutes to go in the third round, like uh, two minutes to go. If you knock the guy out, you win the fight. You be the you won the fight. You win the fight. So you have the chance. To change the fight to the last seconds. So this is nice. So use this for you, and don't give the chance to your opponent. What I learned, I had some fights. I, my fight with Couture. If I if I had, if I submit if I if I could knock him out, we wouldn't we wouldn't talk about the referee here. <laughs> so I learned it. So. What I what I should change, man. I, I think I would be much more aggressive than than I was. I want, I, you know, I tell to my fighters, be aggressive, fight, fight, fight to finish the fight all the time, even if you're winning, like 13 minutes of the fight, the last two minutes, go to knock the hand out. And many coach say to me, oh, you're gonna, oh, it's too much risk. Hey, man, if you wanna be a world champion, you have to take the risk. That's it. 
That's why this is the difference to to be to be the, the the best and to be one more. And like a coach, I learned both my mistakes. And after culture fight, I had a psychology problem. I became insecure. But it was my mind. It was the fight between me and my mind. So I always talk with my, my fighters a lot. I always tell them, hey, man, step in the ring, step in the cage. Doesn't matter what is going to happen. Do your best. Fight forward all the time. Try to beat this guy. If he beats you, no problem. If somebody knock you out, when you wake up, the first one you're going to see beside you was me. Will be me. I'll be on your side. Stand up one more day. That, that's it. We are fighting. That's it. Be better you, 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 fall in the, the, you fall in the ring than you, you live like a coward. You know, you live like a point fighter. Come on, man. This is martial art. Like a trainer, you know, I always tell to my fighters. I, all my, all, you know, like last year, we had the 58 fights in the gym. Mm -hmm. We won 50, 52 fights. No, we won 52 fights by knockout. And we won 55 fights. We just lost three fights. We just won three fights by points. So we, we became the best team in Brazil. New team, no, I mean new team. Not the, not the, the huge team. Right. But the, the, the new team is, is coming up. We start fighting, we start beating all the, all the big teams. So we are beating everybody. Because my fighters, the people, if, 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 if they win or lose, they know it's going to be a fight. That, that will be a fight, a real fight. They are aggressive and they fight for things. That, this is, you know, I want they do everything that I didn't do. Everything that I learned with my mistakes, I try to, to, to tell them for, for, they, for they don't do the same mistake that I did. That's what I try to do. That's, that's a very interesting philosophy because, like you said, it's, it's a very different philosophy from a lot of the more modern approaches towards fighting. Um, uh, did, while being a coach, you've obviously always had this mentality, but in your coaching time, have there been things that you retooled or changed in order to have your fighters be more successful in going for the finish. Um, and when you're telling your fighters to go to constantly work for the finish, uh, how do you how do you make sure that in their when they're being aggressive and working towards that finish that they also stay defensively sound and safe in, from you know losing the fight? I guess. Yeah, you know, like I said, I don't I don't want to then make the same mistake that I did. Right. Why? Why after culture fight I became different? Because I always was very aggressive. Every time my, my mind will always think like, hey man, I, I, normally I win the fight. I used to beat everybody, you know, with myself. I, always, I never say this to anybody. I always was very humble. But in my, in, in my mind, I say, hey man, I don't know what, what I always think like in the dressing room. I always think I don't know what's gonna happen in the ring, but I know in the end they're gonna gonna win the fight because I always win. And then when I lost to Couture by points, and then I, I thought it was a big shock for me. I said, "Hey, I lost the fight, so I can lose to." I already had lost to 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 Random. Kevin but I took the headbutt. I don't remember the fight. Was I it was a different story. And then I said, man, uh, after culture fight, you know, everybody wanted to watch me fight because they know what would be a exciting fight. And I saw everybody going to win. They're going to, everybody talked with me, they're going to win the fight, going to win the fight, you're a better fighter than him. And then I started thinking, I started fighting. I was thinking, I was thinking my, with myself, I said, hey, man. Everybody think I'm the best. But uh, then I started thinking, hey, I can't, I can't lose the fight. I can't lose the fight. Otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make everybody not, not sad. How can I say in English? Uh, uh, not uh, make frustrated. 
If I lose the fight, everybody's going to become frustrated because they couldn't beat him. And then when I started fighting all my fights to don't lose, when you start fighting for don't lose, you don't fight to win. This is the difference. You start fighting to, to, to be safe. When you start fighting to be safe, you're never going to take a risk to win the fight. So I talk with my fighters. I always say to them, hey, man, take the risk. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I, want, I don't want to see them make a fight with their own devils in his mind like, like I did. I want to see them fighting forward all the time, pressure all the time, and try to, to win the fight. That's it. That's why, you know, I become, a, many people say, Pedro, is a good, you're a very good coach because you, you like to, to your, your fighters always go forward. But many coaches think that I'm not a good coach because like a world title fight, we already won four, four rounds. Going to take the risk in 50 rounds. I said, yeah, let's go. This is your job, man. Go there, take the risk, knock this guy, this guy out. Finish the, finish the show. That's it. This is the difference. This is the difference. Between the... the, the I, I always tell you, know, I always tell you this story. You, you're an American. There is Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. Who is the most famous? Tyson. And Holyfield was a light heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion, three different, three different uh, uh, belts, belts, three different belts, and beat Tyson twice. Why he's more more famous than him? Because he finished the fight. Holyfield used to, also used to finish the fight, but Tyson was aggressive. Why McGregor makes so much money now? Because he talks a lot, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he, I, 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 you know, like I can't hear McGregor a long time, though. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. <laughs> You're not going to hear an argument from me there. Yeah, that's it. You know, McGregor, he talk a lot of bullshit, but he, he do the most important thing. He finish fights. That's it. That's why he makes money. All his fight, he knocked somebody out. That's it. The, man, this game is for you. That's it. This is the game. Step in there and finish the fight. Do you know, Matt Gravel deserved all the money he made. Really sure. deserved. Of course. He, you know, he stepped in the, in, the, in the cage and tried to knock people out. That's it. If, if you are there to win by points, hey, man, you're in the wrong sport. Go to play tennis, basketball, something, man. But fight, if you want to be a fighter, knock people out or submit somebody. That's it. That's it. For, I, I want to just nitpick one thing you said. You said that people refer to you as uh, sometimes will say you're a bad coach. Uh, I don't think anyone can look at your the guys you've trained and yeah. the level they've <laughs> Aldo, Barrao, Sandro... I mean, like the list goes on and on. The guys you've helped to to cultivate and train, and to say that anyone who says that, yeah, good. We're gonna have to find you another sport to comment on. <laughs> no, no, no. there's to say that. Oh, okay, crazy coach. He's crazy. <laughs> we are winning the fight. We won already four rounds, title, world title, and then Pedro is there. Go there, knock him out. Go there, take the risk. Go there and do this. So. That's it, man. This is the sport. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We are fighters. That's it. So I, I tell to them, keep fighting, keep fighting forward. Try to keep knock people out. Hi. <laughs> uh, Riss, Pedro's saying hi, by the way. <laughs> hi, Riss. I didn't realize I was on screen. Oops. You are on nice screen. Nice to meet you. <laughs> he said no nice problem. to meet you. <laughs> no My daughter is running here screaming, no problem. She's going to get our son from the car now. <laughs> he doesn't want to come out of the car, she said. He wants to chill in the car. It's 9 o'clock, but he wants to chill in the car. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of your, your, your mentality, I'm actually curious uh, on, on, on your thoughts on certain fights that are... Actually, before we go to the fights that are supposed to be scheduled, I want to get your thoughts on the current heavyweight division. You know, you have guys like Steve Bimio, you have... 
Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis and all these guys. And I was watching your fights and part of me was thinking like I was looking at the current fights and I was looking at the fights now. And I feel like in the lower weight classes, there has been a lot of development, a lot of skills. People got a lot better. But I feel like at heavyweight, uh, a lot of the guys you see today are still guys from back when you were fighting. Andre Arlovsky just fought and just won. Like, yeah. if you do you look at the fighters now and the fights you see now and feel like if if you took yourself from back then, how do you feel you would do in the division nowadays matching up? If you want to say against this fighter, I really match up well against that fighter. I feel like I would be a really tough fight. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Man, I know the heavyweight division is really interesting now. I love Sipnosi. He's very intelligent, very smart fighter. He's really smart. He, he's a good boxer, but he's a wrestler. Right. People don't know he's a wrestler. Of course. Everybody think about his boxing and this and that. He's a wrestler. I love uh, the, uh, the, uh, DC. I love him. Love that guy, man. So that guy, he can do a lot of things. For me, the best heavyweight in new days. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he hurts too much. It's Ken Velasquez. That guy, he just retired. But that guy, man, because he had so many injuries, that guy wouldn't lose to anybody. He's unbelievable. He's cardio. He learned how to boxing. He's, he's, he's wrestling. For me, he's better than DC. Much better than DC. Yeah, that's why DC was in a light heavyweight and he was in a heavyweight. For me, he's better than DC. He's unbelievable. Ken Velasquez, for me, for the new day after Fedor, this guy, he was the, the new Fedor like this. He could dominate this cat, the, the heavyweight division for a long time, like I could be. But he had so many injuries and he had to retire. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, I think uh, Steve Milsic is going to be the champion for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because he's smart, his wrestling saved him a lot. He has a good boxing. He knows how to protect protect himself. Uh, Francis Ngannou he's, uh, has a a bomb in his hands, and uh, but I think if you fight the right way, you can beat him. But you have to fight uh, like I'm. I, I'm a small heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm six. I'm sixty-one, sixty-two between sixty-one and sixty-two. I'm around, in, in good shape. I'm 235, 230. I'm small heavyweight. Right. But uh, I may, of course, I may, you know, when you watch them fight, I say, oh, man, I could be there. So, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be there. Fight right. That would be bad. If somebody call me and say, say to me, Pedro, have five months to be ready to fight against Sid Music, say, I'm in. Of course, <laughs> I'm in. Just give the time. Five months, I'll be ready to fight. Man, I love to fight. I love to be in the, in the ring, man. I tell to everybody. Many people say, hey, man, I love, I love this. I love this life. Do you still uh, spar? Do you still what? spar with, do you still spar with your heavyweight and light heavyweight fighters a lot? Yeah, I do. I do. I love to do that. Man. You know, you feel alive. Especially when some, we will knock somebody out. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best feeling ever. It's the best feeling ever. We have to. If you're there with a big gloves in your hand mm -hmm. and sparring, you have to knock somebody out. Come on. I tell to my fighter, when I put them to, to train to spar, before they start sparring, I say, I say, I tell to everybody, hey, at the end, I want to see at least three or four people knock it out. And then they become, I want to see a hard sparring. I don't want to see a point sparring. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. We have to get close to the real as much as I can. Hello. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi. What's your name? This is Daniel. He's two years old. <laughs> hi, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to touch the computer. Instead. Yeah. Have to watch his hands. You gotta go. You gotta go to bed, buddy. You gotta go to bed, Come. buddy. Come, let's go. We're going to heaven. Give him a bottle. Bye, buddy. <laughs> um, I can't wait to start training with him. I do. Um, I do a Brazilian. I train with Marcelo Garcia at Marcelo Garcia's uh, in jiu jitsu. The best. The best. Um, I mean, that guy's unbelievable on the ground. He's amazing. I, I, I. He's the nicest guy in the world, but he'll he'll choke you in a second. I <laughs> love it. Um, so I can't wait to train with him. Um, my wife said she wants to start learning jujitsu, so I'm going to start training her too. Um, 
the best thing I, I tell this is, I tell to all, 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 all parents the best gift you can give to your to the, your son or daughter put them put them in sports 100% I agree with you 100% that's it you know if if I have a son I would put him to turn jiu jitsu or or kickball or something put him in a martial arts they they're going to they're going to grow up different I I can't wait I really can't wait. Between him and my daughter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them both. I'm going to train them early. Get, I get mats for my house. They're going to they're gonna learn she, real early. She's taking her to train too. My wife, she trained jiu-jitsu too. My she wife, yeah. Take, she doesn't she want take. to. She didn't want to for five years. We're married. She didn't want to. Now she finally says, okay, buy me a gi. <laughs> buy me a gi. Get me the white belt. Let's start. We'll start. You'll train me at first, and then I'll start coming to the gym with you. Have, you. you have to find a friend to her. Yeah, I did. I'm look. I'm trying to find one of her friends to also do yeah, it too. Yeah, that's it. So then they because they can train, they can talk, they can train, they can exactly. talk. Exactly. Because girls, women, they just work like that. They have to. They have to talk. Right. But then they have to train. Then they have <laughs> to talk, and at the end they go some. They go somebody else. Some somewhere else. That's Absolutely. It, that's that's um, it. <laughs> getting back to the um to fighting. The girl. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, I actually want your thoughts on two things. One, a couple of things are some actual fights that are coming up with some, you know, fighters you should uh, know very well. Uh, and uh, the other thing before we do that is, if somebody was coming to the gym and they're just starting, they want to become a fighter. How would you first start training them in striking? What would? How would you introduce them to striking? Uh, would you get them sparring really early or would you first make them drill a lot of technique until they feel comfortable and yeah. then spar? Drill, drill, drill. drill, drill. 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 I love to drill. Uh, half back. Drill, half back. You know, then when they become like, a, you know, the beginning, I always tell everybody, martial arts, the beginning of boxing, I mean boxing or kickboxing, it's very, I mean, uh, how can I say? I forgot the, the, the word. It's very like it's low, you know. You become oh, like a slow burn, like, a slow build. Yeah, we start like a. I don't uh. train because the beginning, it's very slow. Like the first punch, you have to turn your hands. Aldo, Aldo never forget this. First, first time he stepped in the ring, he stepped in the gym. I look, I put him in front of the mirror. As I put both 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 arms here and turn your fist and do this all the time. Keep your keep your your, your elbows closed and move. And then he started hundred times. And then he did hundred. And they were gonna pay the hundred. Said hundred more. I pay the hundred, hundred more. And then when he got to five hundred, hey, five hundred. Said okay. You're 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 not southpaw. You're normal. You're normal. So put your left 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 foot in front. Make a base. I teach him how to base. He said, "Okay." And now, both hands again. Oh, hundred more. And he, we were talk, we were talking like uh, two weeks ago. He said, "Man, I I can't forget my first kickboxing class with you." I said, "Why?" I stay one hour doing that. Said, "That's why you punch you up." Well, I mean, he's got some of the best boxing. He has, I mean, he has the best boxing in MMA history, I would say. And yeah. I think my whole, my, the whole website, we're the biggest Aldo fans you could possibly imagine. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, the fight site has a top 20. Yeah. And uh, he's ranked number one of all time by the group. Nice, Jose Aldo, like I, we, it's a, it's a fifth, it's like a twelve thousand word article just on how great Jose Aldo truly is, and uh, maybe I'll, if you have time to read it, maybe I'll send it to you. It's a really send, long article. Send to me, no, send to Absolutely. me, send to me, I, because they're gonna read and I'm gonna translate to him. Please, that would be amazing. We would love to let him know just how highly we think of him. Like really, I will. I will. I will send to me. I will translate to him. Will Absolutely. Um, so. That's really interesting. And that's actually the way uh, I, that's interesting. You actually share that a lot with uh, the Marcelo mentality because drill, drill. When that's I first it. came, that's four it. months, I didn't, I didn't spar. Doesn't make sense. You put a glove in the student 
He doesn't know even how to how to punch. And you're gonna say punch, punch what? Even if they hit the bag, heavy bag, they're gonna hurt. They they can hurt themselves. They can hurt their 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 their, their fist. Hey man, now first, then legal weight. One, two, one, two. Then you start punch. Then you go to the bag, heavy bag. Then start punch, just jab, bang, bang. Just right, bang, bang. One, two. It's very slow. The beginning is very, very slow. Then, I then he's gonna start watching people sparring. After they go for the head bags, then they go uh, uh, one in front of the other one, punch, move your head, punch, defend, block, and punch, block, punch. Then they're gonna start to 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 understand the fight. That's it. They have to know how to what's gonna happen in the real sparring. Mm-hmm. And then they start training. When they start sparring, very well protect with, with the head, protect the head, we put the, everything on him. So big gloves, start moving. You, you don't need to put your, normally we used to train a very good guy, somebody that's a beginner. Because mm-hmm. very good guy, he's not gonna hurt the beginner. If you put two beginners together, they're gonna hurt each other. Like uh, if you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu, it's good when you train with somebody with a purple belt, brown belt, because they know how to train with you. They know how to teach you. They're going to see you make a mistake. You're going to, hey, you're making a mistake. So they're going to roll with you and teaching you. That's it. When you, your level is getting higher, a lot of, you know, you're going to do a lot of drills, drills, drills. You start getting higher, then you... And then some sometimes just happen. This part is just gonna happen. Your mm-hmm. level is gonna be high, and then you go, when you see, you're gonna be in the middle of everybody's sparring. That's it. And the the last thing I really wanted to ask you about, and just your opinion on it, I'm sure you know or have heard Aldo uh, Jose Aldo is supposed to be fighting Peter Jan uh, for the vacant bantamweight title. Uh, I don't know how much of Peter Jan you've watched. Uh, as of now, but I'm just curious. Peter Yao was training here in Brazil a long time ago. Oh, right. He came to train with Aldo. I forgot about that for a minute. Yeah. You're right, actually. So, of course, you know Peter. Um, yeah. So, I'm curious, what are your preliminary thoughts on that fight? Um, if you have any, if you have really given any thought, also works, but yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I know Aldo, we always, we're always together. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are not, uh, Aldo is not training for me since he since he lost to McGregor. Mm-hmm. But uh, every time he's going to spar, that there and him used to come, hey, come to watch my spar. <laughs> so we, we, I'm not, he's training like, a, I'm, right. I'm not there every day. That, of course. That, that training him. But uh, he's, although he's my, he's my first black belt. He's my first black belt. He's my first uh, uh, kickboxing black belt. And uh, I love him. I love him like a son. So, and uh, every time he, that they come here, Aldo going to spar, come here. Maybe you can see something that you're not seeing. Help mm-hmm. us on this and that. And for me, I do because I really love him. And that day, that day is my best friend. He's my best friend. I know that that since I was 13 years old, I was a kid. Then I met that day also black belt from Marco Huet. Many people doesn't know that. But he's back well from Marco too. And uh, you know, I talked already about with Aldo. He have to to, to to kick it again then. He needs to start kicking. He's boxing too much. I told him, hey man, you know, he's sometimes he say everybody's waiting my kick. I told him, everybody was waiting the lefty hook of Tyson. And he used to knock people out with the lefty hook. Come on, man. You can't stop doing something that you do good that worked well because people know you're going to do that. We make adjustment and you can do again. Make some adjustment. So, but you know, I, I think I was going to win. I, I think, I, I, know, I know Peter Yar is much better than when he was here. He's a different fighter now. But uh, although, if he, if he fights well, and uh, sometimes he's not fighting so well, but if he, if he, he fights normal, 
like he used to fight before, is better than Peter Yao. And it was funny because you do know how Nibarcelos that I told you of before. Of course, yes. How Just beat, he beat Saeed Nurmagomedov last yeah, time. Yeah, fought. yeah. How did how this boy, he's going to be UFC champion. He's unbelievable. He, you know, how he is with me since uh, 2009. Right. So we are, we are together nine years, uh, 11 years. His, his abilities, his, I think he's better than Aldo, his abilities. When I, we saw him training, he's very, he's very smart. Right? Mm -hmm. But he's complete. His wrestling is very good. His black belt, he's great jiu-jitsu. And he used everything. And, uh, and uh, it was funny because of Peter. I, I, I started talking because of Howney, because I was talking to George Guimarães, uh, Howney's manager. Mm -hmm. Like uh, one year ago, six months ago, I said, hey, George, if uh, Howney beat Saeed, put him to fight against Peter Yar. Peter has four. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and George said, yeah, why do you think I said, Howney's going to kill him? <laughs> not because he's better than Peter Yar, not because because of the style. The style doesn't match. Mm -hmm. It would be better for Howney. Peter Yar is a great fighter. I, I love to watch him fight. But the, the style of Howney, Peter Yar is perfect for him. And then Howney now he's a he's a I think he's a 15 ranking now. Honey, I think it's something like that. I think I, he might be in the top 15. I can check right now, actually. Hold on. No, no he, when he beat Saeed, he became a top 15. And now I saw he's not there anymore. That's it. Because oh, they people, took him off. They are, they are right. Because there are people fighting, so... Right. He, maybe he's 17, I don't know. And now I wanted him to fight with Peter Yar. And we talked, I, I, you know, I, I called to George every day. George, put him in front of Peter Yar. Pedro, what? Man, put him. He's a fort. But if PTR is going to be PTR, it's a perfect matchup. And this and that. And now I saw the, the, the advertising that the Aldo is going to fight with him and said, fuck. But what was nice, you know, I think it would be perfect for Aldo. I hope he win. I, I hope he, he become a champion again. Mm -hmm. He deserves more than everybody this, man. Become a champion again, the new division. And then after the fight, he decides what he's going to do if he want to retire or if he want to keep fighting. I think he can, he can keep fighting, you know. If, mm -hmm. if I had his age, I would keep fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, I, I, I would think everyone at the site would love to see Aldo win because, uh, like I said, we're all huge fans of his. And it would be a, a, a very... It would be incredible to have that historic career at featherweight drop down to another weight class and then win the title there in addition to already having the greatest featherweight title and greatest fighter of all time. Like, I mean, how do you, that's unbelievable. And to beat Peter Yan, doing it, Peter Yan is an amazing fighter himself. Yeah, it is. Man, it's going to be an awesome fight. Oh, yeah. Awesome fight. Do you, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, but Peter Yan has a good boxing one. He fights yeah. very well. So it'll be an awesome fight. An awesome fight. Do you think he's going to force um, Jose to fight at a higher pace, similar to when he fought Mendez the second time? Uh, I think so. I think so. I think so. I think, uh, man, I think because Peter are going to put a big rating on the fight, and mm -hmm. Aldo, when somebody pressure him, he fights better. Like uh, Shad Mendez, like you said, Shad, Shad put him to fight his best. Yeah. Because Shad go forward all the time, boxing for him, try taking him down. With somebody fighting for him like this, he fights better. With somebody fighting for all the weight for him, it's worse for him. It's better if somebody doesn't respect him and go for a fight. Then he fights well. That's why I'm very excited to watch this fight. I think it's going to be an amazing fight. I think Do they have all... a date already? Do they have a date? They said they're working on it. They're, they're looking to book it because they already booked um, Aljamain Sterling to fight Corey Sandhagen. Okay. That's happening soon. And those are the other two guys who are like in the top three, four. Okay. So since they're already booked, the only other people are Peter Yan and Aldo. That's it. 
So, I, I mean, hopefully it happens, you know. I wish, I wish I only fight the same night, then I can watch live. You know? That'd be, be awesome. That'd be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pedro, I mean, thank you so much for joining me. Like, this has been an incredible interview. Uh, I absolutely loved having the opportunity to talk to you, obviously, uh, both as a fan and as someone who tries to analyze the sport. It was really enlightening. It was awesome, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, man. Thank you very much to call me up anytime, man. Just send a message. I'll be here. Was awesome. And send send me the articles. I want to oh, absolutely I read all them for sure. I'll definitely send you a link to the article. And before we go, guys, again, make sure that you support the fight site. Go to the site. Check out the articles. Pedro's going to be doing it, so you should do it too. Um, make sure you support us on Patreon directly. You can get access to the Discord and all the extra content. Um, Make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple, and uh, also on Stitcher. Leave a comment and a five-star review. It really does help. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, comment, share, everything. Uh, Pedro, again, thank you so much. It really has been a pleasure. Stay safe, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon. Thank you. Thank you, my friend.